Good morning, everyone, and uh, very nice to be back in uh, Hillhead uh, Baptist. I, although I'm not here very often, I'm quite in touch with uh, what goes on here, because uh, your former minister, Kerr Spears, is a near neighbor of mine, and we walk every week, and we talk even more every week. So he knows what we're doing, and I know most of what you're doing. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to his name most high, to remember his loving kindness in the morning and his faithfulness every night. Let us pray. God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Seeking Spirit of God, holy and good, holy and almighty, taking human hearts for your dwelling place, fill the lives of all present here today with your inspiring purpose and stir up in us the fire of your love through Jesus Christ our Lord. We confess our need. We have not shown a great enough expectation as regards our faith. We have not been bold enough or confident enough to trust in the way a child would trust. We have been taken up with too much calculation, and we have not relied sufficiently upon the assurance that in quietness and in confidence shall be our strength. These things we confess. Grant, O Father, amidst the haste and restlessness of our lives, that we may keep a deep pool of calm and thankfulness at our heart, that abiding in the Spirit we may rest in him from whom comes every good and perfect gift, even Jesus Christ our Lord. Keep alive in us, we pray, Father, a due sense of all your mercies, so that, never failing to count our blessings, in time of joy we do not forget you, nor in times of adversity think ourselves to be forgotten by you. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Good morning. The scripture readings are as listed from 2 Samuel, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7, John, chapter 18, verses 30 through 37, and John, chapter 19, verses 16 through 22. I start with Second Samuel, chapter 7, verses 1 through 7. And it came to pass, when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in an house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in thine heart, 
for the Lord is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came unto Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus saith the Lord, Shall thou build me an house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. In all the places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me an house of cedar? We move on to John chapter 18, verses 33 through 37. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Every one that is of the truth heareth my voice. And on to verses 16 to 22 in, this, in chapter 19. Then delivered him, he him therefore unto them to be crucified, And they took Jesus and led him away. And he, bearing his cross, went forth into a place called the place of a skull, which is called in the Hebrew Golgotha, where they crucified him and two other with him, on either side one, on either side one, and Jesus in the midst. And Pilate wrote a title and put it on the cross. And the writing was, Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. This title then read many of the Jews for the place where Jesus was crucified was nigh to the city and it was written in Hebrew and Greek and Latin then said the chief priests of the Jews to Pilate write not the king of the Jews but that he said I am king of the Jews Pilate answered what I have written I have written amen Two items have dominated the news in our country in recent days. The release from house arrest last week of the frail but courageous Burmese lady, Aung San Suu Kyi, is one. And the other is the announcement of the engagement of Prince William to Kate Middleton. And there is a link of sorts between these two events. It could be summed up in the one word, kingdom. The royal engagement is big news because it has a bearing on the future headship 
of this country of ours, this kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. In the case of Miss Sun Chi, the Burmese lady, she is concerned that the principles of human rights um, should be concerned with and applied to the political system in her country. And that is something which we in the Christian tradition would comfortably regard as one aspect at least of the kingdom of God, that ideal that should be influential upon and even imperative in human affairs. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is our side of the kingdom, different perhaps from Prince William's side, and yet we're both involved, we are involved in both. And so when Miss Sun Chi says, as she did the other day, that she wanted the military dictatorship of her country to change through a peaceful and non-violent revolution so as to guarantee a fairer deal all round, then we, listening from our kingdom side, understand exactly what she is pleading for. This is what she said. I don't want to see the military government falling. I want to see the military rising to dignified heights of professionalism and true patriotism. And she went on to say, the people of Burma just want better lives based on security and on freedom. Now that is kingdom talk, our kingdom. And Miss Su Chi is speaking out of a Buddhist background, but it doesn't matter because the ideas which she has and the words which she speaks, we hear with Christian ears, as being equally part of the kingdom of God. That state of affairs which Jesus taught us to aspire to and to live by. Now, it is opportune that we should reflect on the kingdom today because today is the last Sunday of the Christian year so to speak, before the new year next week of Advent, looking towards Christmas. And this last year, this last Sunday of the Christian year, in the Christian calendar or lectionary as we follow it, provides the theme, Christ the King and his Kingdom. So it's appropriate that we think of that today. And accordingly, the readings today are selected with that idea in mind. The great King David in the um, Old Testament, in summing up, so to speak, his ideal of government, having ruled his own nation as a king, says this, he who rules people in justice, who rules in the fear of God, is like the light of morning at sunrise, 
a morning that is cloudless after rain and makes the grass from the earth sparkle. Pretty good. And Miss Sun Ji would say amen to that. She would say even more so amen when we turn to the New Testament reading because, of course, Jesus made the kingdom, or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom of heaven, as he sometimes called it, the very central theme of all his teaching. So many of the parables begin, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. The kingdom of God is like mustard seed, which starts small and ends big. It is like leaven, which works secretly, but pervades the whole lump in the end. It is like seed scattered, taking its chance against the weeds and the birds and the shallow ground, but some of it survives and prospers. The kingdom of heaven is like the vineyard, which employed workers at so much an hour. They were the laborers who never got less than their agreed wage, never got less than their agreed wage, but sometimes got more because of grace. Or, if we happen to be thinking in terms of an heir to the throne, what about the parable which begins, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who threw a banquet for his son and invited this one and that, the replies came in, and one after another refused. And so he changed his whole approach, and he cast the net wider and wider. Go out to the highways and the byways, he said, and invite everyone you can find, good and bad alike, it doesn't matter, no distinctions, I want my house to be full. And as for those who will receive God's blessing at the end and be part of his kingdom, well, it is for those who may least expect it, that is to say, those who, when he was hungry, gave him food, when he was thirsty, gave him drink. When he was a stranger, took people in. Or when people were ill, came to their help, and when they were in prison, visited them. And inasmuch as he did it for one of the least of these people, however insignificant, it was done to the Lord. These are the elements which describe the kingdom of heaven. Jesus' kingdom, they are the values of the kingdom. The parables of the kingdom. Think of all the attitude and decency which across the years have been inspired by this teaching of the kingdom of Jesus. No wonder when Pilate came to the bit, he wrote in Latin and Greek and Hebrew, Jesus Rex. King of the Jews. And 
his self-sacrifice on the cross added moral force to his teaching, just as Miss Sun Chi's imprisonment for all these years has added moral force to her witness, and Nelson Mandela on Robben Island for all those years, developed simply by his um, patience and uh, his steadiness, uh, witnessed to the end uh, a more powerful witness, added moral force, so to speak, to his witness, to his teaching, by what he suffered. Same pattern, is it not? Same pattern as Jesus. And Pilate, weak and self-protective as he probably was as a person, in the end, inspired to a degree perhaps by Jesus, found some grit in his soul at the very end because when those who wanted to tone down this uh, superscription king and kingdom, said to them, what I have written, I have written. Quad scripsy, scripsy. An unexpected demonstration of grit on the part of Pilate. And Pilate was right because king and kingdom are terms which do apply appropriately to our Lord. Now, we started by referring to Prince William's engagement, and I'd like to end <clears throat> uh, with some reference uh, in that direction as well. Simply to say this, that when it comes time for the royal wedding, it is possible that they may include a certain hymn in the service, which is often used on national occasions. I vow to thee, my country all earthly things above, entire and whole and perfect, the service of my love. Well, that verse of the hymn is a conventional patriotic expression. All very nice. But there is a second verse in that hymn which entirely changes the quality of the hymn because it speaks of another kingdom, the other kingdom. And it goes like this. There's another country I've heard of long ago, most dear to them that love her, most great to them that know. We may not count her armies, we may not see her king. Her fortress is a faithful heart, her pride is suffering. And soul by soul and silently her shining bounds increase. Her ways are ways of gentleness. And all her paths are peace. And glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. For our prayers of intercession, we'll use a responsive uh, sung response, 454. Um, after I say, Lord, have mercy. So let us join together to our Lord in our prayers of intercession and thanksgiving. Loving God, we thank you for the privilege of being able to come together here this morning to share in fellowship with one another, 
to share in the fellowship of your worldwide church and of your kingdom and to worship you. We remember now those for whom it is difficult to share in worshipping or to share in the fellowship of your church or the fellowship of your kingdom. Those who fear for their lives each time that they go to a place of worship. Those who are embarrassed to be in your presence. Those constrained by physical weaknesses that makes them prisoners in their own homes. And those overwhelmed by doubts or crises of faith. We pray that they may know and feel your loving presence. Lord, have mercy. Loving God, we thank you for this new day and each new day, for the gift of life that you give to us here on earth. We pray for those whom, for whom life is a day-to-day -day precarious existence, when each new day is just a challenge and a struggle to survive, through ill health, oppression, war, famine or unrelenting poverty and deprivation. We pray that they may discover life in all, all its fullness through your loving grace and through us as the servants of your kingdom. Lord, have mercy. Loving God, we thank you for your creation. We can wonder at the universe, the moon and the stars, the works thy hand hath made, and realise, O oh God, how great thou art. We can be amazed by the process of creation of a new life. But above all, we give thanks for the creation of a new life and a new covenant in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray now for those who are in despair or have a chronic illness, a life-threatening illness with no hope of recovery. Those who think that life in these circumstances is no longer worth living and those who may be desperate for a respite from their suffering. The elderly or frail who may no longer recognise those who care for and love them. Help them to find peace and comfort and hope in your loving care. Lord, have mercy. Loving God, we give thanks for your kingdom, for your greatest gift of all, your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who died to save us all, the one who now intercedes for us, the one who ensures that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Help us to be servants of your kingdom, and we pray for wisdom, judgment, 
to guide us in our daily lives, and especially those who will discuss and debate and decide on important constitutional issues regarding end-of-life care during the coming weeks. Lord, have mercy. Loving God, we bring to you each other with our own cares and concerns, concerns for ourselves, concerns for our church, concerns for our loved ones, those for whom we are responsible for in a professional, pastoral or personal capacity. Give us wisdom, patience, guidance, knowledge and compassion to care for them as you care for us. Let us leave Jesus loose in our lives. Amen.